1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
0: Well, this Sunday is Anzac Day and so many of us who stood on our driveways with a lit candle last year in a COVID lockdown are looking forward to seeing veterans marching again. Courage and mateship will again be on display as we remember Gallipoli and all the conflicts where Australian and New Zealander servicemen and women served, and we'll remember those men and women, many making the ultimate sacrifice, laying down their lives for our freedom. Well, a pleasure to welcome back to 2020, Cole Stringer, who wrote two of Australia's favourite books, both The 800 Horsemen and Fighting Mackenzie and Zach Chaplin were among the ABC's 100 all-time favourite books. Cole is joining us. Cole, welcome back to 2020.
1: Thanks, Neil. That's uh, controversial enough (laughs) without going any further. (laughs) The ABC don't like me, I tell you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there are lots of controversies this Anzac Day, Col, and, you know, in a certain sense of sadness... Uh, we might recognise that there are some challenges. Uh, the idea that veterans will be able to march, that's a good thing. Uh, but we've yes, had I issues do. issues around uh, military decorations that were stripped from uh, servicemen. They've been restored under the new Defence Minister, Peter Dutton. And there's some clouds that are hanging around Ben Roberts-Smith, uh, the uh, one who uh, won the uh, Victoria Cross. Uh, what comes to mind uh-huh. to you, the biggest controversies that we're facing this year?
1: Well, that that's one of them. I just think it's very sad that, you know, that you get some, I think, uh, journalists that have got an agenda to, to promote, you know, because uh, obviously Ben Robert Smith is suing the Channel 9, and so I just believe they're doing everything they possibly can to smear his name. But if I remember rightly, I think you were innocent till proven guilty, but apparently that doesn't extend as far as war heroes and Victoria Cross winners.
0: Uh, The challenging thing around perhaps not only Ben Robert Smith but there were other service people who were also uh, under these allegations is that in the inquiry that they held there was some credible evidence uh, that 39 Afghan civilians were killed by Australian soldiers. Uh, The challenge here is that while there might be some who were rogue even in our own ranks, uh, everybody's tarred with the same brush. That's a challenging thing, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. I'm just glad that even just today, Peter Dutton reinstated those 3,000 servicemen with their medals. I mean, I don't think that you can really understand you know, anything about those situations unless you've been there yourself and placed yourself in those horrendous conditions that those men would have had to, to serve in. Just look at the uh, the suicide rate among our veterans, just for a start, that one thing alone just shows you, you know, the pain that that they would have had to... And then I I was in the Vietnam call-up. I didn't go, but I remember when my friends came back, they were spat on and, you know, red paint thrown on them and called baby killers. Hey, those young men, they didn't even volunteer. They were shipped out. I mean, we were just conscripts. And uh, I just think it's very sad you've got these armchair generals that, you know, want to dictate, and they've never even been in those sort of situations at all. Uh, I remember my dad when he came back and my grandfather, same thing. My grandfather rode with a light horse and he was absolutely appalled at the way, you know, they treated them. They shot their horses, things like that. He didn't want anything to do with it anymore at all. He just, you know, just never talked about it at all. And I, I just think we these men and women deserve, you know, much more respect and honor and help rather than just being, you know, held up for criticism and ridicule. It's, it's very sad, I just think, very sad.
0: As you say, the new Defence Minister, Peter Dutton, overturned those uh, those stripping of military decorations. 3,000 defence personnel affected by that. Of course, the vast majority of ADF personnel did nothing wrong, but everyone is penalised by that. I wonder if you've got any thoughts, Cole, on motivations for going to war And what it even does for someone who's a civilian now that might have considered going to war, if they can be tarred with those sorts of atrocities type of labels. Any thoughts there for for what it does for ordinary men and women who are thinking of serving?
1: Well, uh, my grandson's just come out of the army, you know, and and, but it's a very different world we live in now. Like with the Anzacs, uh, I was going to mention the Anzac spirit. If you go to Kokoda today, where You know, those young men first inflicted the the first defeat on the Japanese armed forces. It wasn't by Americans at all at Guadalcanal. It was actually by young men, including my father, at a place called Milne Bay in New Guinea. Uh, They weren't bloodthirsty. They weren't looking for medals. My my dad volunteered because his family was being threatened. He was just in his 20s, you know, shipped out. My uncle won the military cross on Kokoda. And talking to them, they weren't looking, they weren't bloodthirsty, they weren't looking to kill people or get medals. They, they stood up, you know, for their families. If you go to a place called uh, uh, Ishurava today, there's a monument there that sums up the Anzac spirit. It just says four words, courage, mateship, sacrifice, endurance. Every one of those things is a biblical principle. I mean, Jesus went to the cross, that took courage. Lay down his life, mateship. John fifteen thirteen says, "Greater love is no man than this." Then he lay down his life for his friends. Sacrifice, endurance. But we live in a very different world now. Very, very narcissistic. Very, you know, uh, it's all about me now. Uh, you know, I'm just conscious of that. Where Paul talks to Timothy, he says, "In the last days, the predominant sign that men will be lovers of themselves." And that's where we live with it. And I mean, think about mateship. That's, that really sums up the Anzac spirit. The, the, the light horse motto was you never left a mate. Now, uh, think about that in today's society. Uh, you know, we don't even know what mateship means. It's just a cliche that's, you know, hijacked by the media, by politicians. It doesn't. But it says lay down your life. It doesn't say inconvenience yourself. It says lay down your life. Uh, my, my wife gave a, a you know, wonderful example. She comes from a German background. And a couple of years ago, one of her best friends was dying of cancer. So she went to visit her and she rang me up and she said, my friend's dying of cancer and there's no one else here. Where, where's her family? You know, They should be here. And so she said to me, I'm going to stay here. I've asked the doctor, can you wheel another bed into the ward? Uh, can I eat here? I'll pay for it because I don't want my friend dying on her own. So she stayed there and she rang me in the early hours of the morning crying. She said, my friend's just gone to heaven and I'm sitting here holding her hands. She said, it shouldn't be like that. You know, well, I'm thinking, do you have a friend like that? Do do I have a friend like that? That would not just inconvenience themselves, but actually lay down their life for their friends. And these young men and women did that. I mean, case after case, like fighting McKenzie. Uh, He would say to his men, you know, I've I've eaten with you. I've prayed with you. I'm not afraid to die with you. And, uh, you know, sadly, I, I don't think we even understand that principle. My dad said, you know, he said, we weren't fighting for the flag. We were fighting for our friends, for our mates, for my friend either side of me. That's what you were fighting for, for your mates. And put that in a context today where you've got, You know, journalists that are prepared to distort the truth. Have a look at the ABC the other day. They're in trouble now for altering of that, fake, you know, about the Navy, all that dancing uh, that's current right now. Well, if they'll do that, are you telling me they won't construe or make up or do whatever they want to uh, to to, to promote their stories? And I just think it's very, very sad that we don't have that honour, you know, for our... Uh, fighting them, I was just saying to my wife, God help us if we ever have to fight another war. You know, these men lay their lives down for their families. Courage. I mean, it's going to take courage. I believe in these last days to be a Christian. Just all you got to do is put something up on the on Facebook, and my goodness, it unleashes a you know a truckload of media. So courage, mateship, sacrifice, endurance. And I don't even think we understand what courage is anymore. You know, courage is not the lack of fear. If you've never had fear, you're either a liar or you've had a lobotomy. I know what fear is. I lost my house in Cyclone Tracy. But courage is simply suck it up and puff it out and do it, even if you've got to do it scared. You imagine. Let me let me read you this. I've got to read from my... This is my book, The Anzac Spirit. This young man, he's 16, and he writes, "'I prayed a lot. I believe in prayer.' I know my mum and dad are praying for me. That helps a lot. And of course, I've got my mates. When you've got good mates, you don't leave them. It's called a brotherhood. We got a message from Port Moresby yesterday. We're going to have to stay here and fight to the death. Now, you imagine that, 16 years old. That's horrifying. I thought, I'll never see my family again. I'll never see Australia again. But I'm prepared to stay here and fight to the finish with my mates because that's my responsibility as the man of the family. <sighs>
0: Well, so many of the things you reflect, Cole, come back to a time when uh, there was a very Christianized society. The idea of laying down your life for your friends, uh, of course, comes from that biblical foundation. Jesus himself laying down his life. Greater love has no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. But we are right. we are in the possibility, aren't we? A, a war with China. This is in the headlines every second day as well. Uh, there That's is right. a certain sense in which you say, with all of these controversies that are now brewing and the idea of the loss of courage and mateship that we may not be as prepared as we were in generations gone by when there was this hope that was in the heart that there is a God, that there is something worth fighting for, laying down our life for our freedoms. We're in trouble, aren't we, if we have to fight another war?
1: I, I, I believe we I, I, I'm not trying not to be pessimistic, but yes. You know, that, that idea of mateship, though, uh, I, I was watching a DVD some time ago where Brian Houston was interviewing T.D. Jakes. I mean, you know, T.D. Jakes, one of the most influential preachers of our age, front cover of Time magazine, fifty thousand people, and he said to him, uh, Bishop, what would you like to be remembered for? Biggest church, best preacher, and T.D. He stopped for a moment. He said, Brian, I'd like to be remembered as a loyal friend. In an age of relationship deficits, we don't know what the word means anymore. You know, in uh, J.B. Tr- you know, J.B. Phillips translated the New Testament. He writes, uh, what we're seeing here in the early church, valiant and unspoiled, ordinary men and women gathering together a unique fellowship, an unconquerable fellowship never seen before on the earth. Note the words, an unconquerable fellowship. We still call any gathering within the church a fellowship. But when that term was used in the New Testament, it meant a close mateship of those who would give themselves for each other and who would even lay their lives down for one another. So it's a biblical principle uh, you know, as I say courage all of those things you can find in scripture and, and, and I think it's just so sad you know all the way through scripture think about David and Jonathan I mean uh, one's a stinks a sheep dip. the other one's you know the, the the heir to the throne but the Bible says their hearts were knit together they made a covenant together and later on Jonathan's killed in combat. And David says, uh, is there anyone left of the household of Saul that I might show kindness for my friend's sake? And so Neshubatheth, they go out to Lodibah, bring him back in, and Neshubatheth's got a problem. He blames David that he's a cripple. And, uh, you know, he's a threat to David's throne. But David says, I'll restore everything, your land, your fortunes. You'll put your feet under my table, which virtually means I'll adopt you as my son. He says, everything will be restored, not because of who you are, but because of my love for your father. So mateship can even go beyond the grave. And as I say, it, it, we, we live in a very narcissistic world now, which it's sort of almost like dog eat dog. And uh, I, I think that's one of the greatest problems. You know, I go to schools and things and I say to the kids, what can we learn from our NZAC poor- talk? What, what could they possibly teach us? I say, well, they can certainly teach us something about courage. They can teach us something about mateship, laying our lives down for our friends. They can teach us something about sacrifice for a generation that's never really had to sacrifice anything. And they can certainly teach us about endurance. And uh, that's what I believe they can teach us in this day.
0: Well, Cole Stringer, Uh, always so good getting your insights (laughs) into these things. Uh, This idea of friendship, courage mateship that come from, ultimately, from the biblical scriptures uh, that Christians have passed down, like passing on the flame from one generation to the next, and it's there on display in the Anzac spirit and what we remember on Anzac Day. Uh, Let me point people to the books that you've written, and uh, you've written a number uh, 800 horsemen I mentioned earlier, and fighting Mackenzie, Anzac Chaplin. There's a number of other books that you've written about Australia's heritage and about the Anzac spirit. Uh, let me point people to uh, both the Vision Store, vision.org.au, and also ColeStringer.com. And Cole, you've got a new book that's out, and uh, it highlights an Aboriginal light horseman. His name is Billy. A quick, uh, a quick
1: little insight into Billy. Well, it's based on uh, factual people, but there's not enough you know, recorded, so I've written it as a novel, but it's about an Aboriginal light horseman that was a buffalo shooter in the Northern Territory and uh, shipped out. In, in those days, they didn't accept Aboriginals into the armed forces, but I knew they were the best riders, the best shots. They would have got in there somewhere. I found 400 that actually made it into the light horse. And Billy ships out and is part of the charge at Hiroshima, which opens the gateway to the city that Jesus is coming back to. And that's not London, that's Jerusalem. So it's based on true story. And uh, uh, it's had, um, you know, actually really, really good reviews. So uh, I would love to see it made into a movie. You know, we see all these other things out there, fantasy stuff. But we've got some awesome stories right here in Australia. And I just think, you know, that sort of thing would make, Fighting McKenzie, same sort of thing, would make a brilliant film.
0: Okay, well, keep an eye out,
1: listeners, for the
0: books that we're talking about. The new one, Billy, about the Aboriginal light horseman, colstringer.com, and you can get Col's books too at vision.org.au in the Vision store. Col, thanks so much for giving us your thoughts today on 2020. Thank you, Neil.